Welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast, where you'll discover that when it comes to your health, you're so much more powerful than you've been led to believe. And now, your host. She's a holistic nutrition and lifestyle coach, chef, author, and yogi, Christine Ocasey. Welcome to the Soul Science Nutrition Podcast. I'm Christine O'Casey. Thanks so much for listening today. When it comes to our health and well-being, learning how to harness the power of our minds is fundamental because the mind can heal. It does so through the phenomena known as psychoneuroimmunology, a relatively new field that lends solid research to our understanding of the mind-body connection. The basic principle of psychoneuroimmunology is that our thoughts trigger physiological responses in our body. Thus, at the center of this mind power healing process is our capacity for emotional regulation and our ability to direct our mental focus. That is because where attention goes, our life force energy, or our prana, flows. Our sixth chakra, a.k.a. our third eye, is an empowering way to understand this unique confluence of physical, psychological, and spiritual processes. You might say that the mind begins in the sixth chakra. It's located at the brow point where the root of your nose meets your skull bone. The third eye is the single most important link between mind and body because it encompasses the brain and governs the pituitary gland which is the master gland of the endocrine system. Known in Sanskrit as the Ajna Chakra, it is the command chakra. Ajna actually means to command, and you'll see why in a moment. The pituitary translates thoughts and emotions in the brain into the chemicals that control mood and metabolism. When the sixth chakra is balanced, the pituitary gland secretes what the ancients used to call amrit or nectar, which today we now know are hormones, or what pioneer in psychoneuroimmunology Candace Pert called in her groundbreaking research, the molecules of emotion. These secretions literally talk to all the other endocrine glands and organs about what the brain wants the body to do. And among the most important of these glands are our adrenal glands, which trigger the fight or flight response in the body, the thymus gland, which coordinates immunity, our thyroid, which governs metabolism, and the gonads, which control sexual function. And of course, there's the pineal gland, which helps regulate sleep and circadian rhythm. Can you see how the effects of the pituitary gland occur throughout the entire body? And when the sixth chakra, the focal point, by the way, of the most powerful ethereal energy in the body-mind system, is out of balance or low, well, this integral mind-body link is severely compromised. Now, we call it the third eye because of its association to the quality of our intuition. However, in this regard, it's not necessarily about the mystical extrasensory abilities as much as it's about the mind and body functioning as a single harmonious unit. Because when our third eye is blocked, important communication between the body and the brain gets compromised thus hampering our ability to make wise, intuitive decisions. Now, on a purely physical level, imbalance in the pituitary can result in a wide range of metabolic issues. 
thyroid dysregulation, insomnia, impaired libido, headaches, anxiety, and depression. Dysfunction in the sixth chakra can also result in memory issues and other cognitive or brain disorders, including Alzheimer's disease. On a psycho-emotional level, our third eye chakra is where our limiting beliefs reside. It's in this energy center where we can work on releasing those old patterns and embracing new ones. Now, deepening into its link to our intuition, the sixth chakra embodies our ability to see the big picture in life. When it's imbalanced, we can feel stuck, stuck in the daily grind, unable to look beyond our problems and set a guiding vision. There's that stuckness that comes when we're over-intellectualizing. There's a lack of imagination. Being too much in the material world cut off from the depth of the more subtle, non-physical, or spiritual realms. The most substantive aspect of our intuition is the ability to see our lives and life itself from our soul's perspective, rather than our conditioned self. When the third eye is balanced, we can make decisions effortlessly and naturally that favor the whole of our being, instead of the ego-based concerns of survival and status. Now, of course, when you develop a firm foundation in the lower chakras, i.e. processing and healing old wounds, unresolved emotions, then you can act on the sixth chakra's empowering decision-making, empowering insights. One must have balanced lower chakras as a foundation in order to have a properly balanced and functioning third eye. But when we balance the third eye, we cultivate what we call in yogic terms, the neutral mind. We master that duality of the mind itself, right? We don't get stuck in that black and white thinking, that all or nothing, positive, negative. We develop, if you will, the ability to live in between, read between the lines of life, read between the polarities of the mind. Hence, the third eye goes beyond and between the two eyes. So this is basically another way to look at how we work with you know, developing our inner strength, our mental caliber, giving us mastery over the fluctuations of the mind. Developing our sixth chakra is where we get to create our reality. You've heard this term before, right? Because we can cultivate a perspective that informs choices that align with our soul a.k.a. we can respond to the world from the lens, from the perspective of our higher self. Now, a strong third eye, you can think of it as, as kind of shrinks the distance between our ego self and our inner wise one. Again, our true self, which again, in yogic terms, I use as the word satnam. Satnam is a feeling of self-trust, the ability to feel guided by our higher self, in tune with life. So yogic tools and practices offer the most powerful path to balance the sick chakra. The third eye is all about self-empowerment, which is why I love talking about this topic on this show, because it's the energy that gives you the strength to act on your ideals and consciously direct your life. Now, strengthening and balancing our third eye is a process which requires a certain frequency of meditation, 
um, as we'll go into, in order to function optimally. So number one, so often in yoga, specifically kundalini yoga, in the sets, we are told to close our eyes and focus our gaze at the brow point, the space between the eyebrows. This eye focus, otherwise known as drishti, directs the prana in the body, and in doing so, creates a pressure via the optic nerve, which stimulates the pituitary gland and the hypothalamus. So that's the first way that you can start to bring some stimulation um, quite easily, actually, into that third eye chakra. might try that right now. We'll just allow the eyes to close. And without too much effort, just gazing them into the space between the two eyebrows. We do this gaze in a very soft and relaxed fashion. You might just notice as you do this that there's a subtle shift very calming for the mind as it starts to work on that pituitary and that hypothalamus connection. So the second practice uh, I want to talk about is chanting, which by the way, I did talk about in a previous podcast episode on the power of mantra. But when we chant using specific mantra sounds correctly, we're stimulating the pituitary because we're touching the tip of our tongue to the upper palate. And this corresponds to a whole bunch of meridian points in the brain. And also, as we chant the mantra correctly, we vibrate our cranium. In fact, again, in the Kundalini Yoga tradition, there are many mantras, but specifically, Waheguru, Waheguru, that's the mantra of the pituitary. It is actually known as the mantra of the third eye. So there are so many kriyas and meditations that use this mantra specifically for strengthening the pituitary gland. All of them are designed to really balance the nervous system, of course, expand our intuitive sense. But bottom line, you know, the effects are making our mind clear and decisive. So many meditations in kundalini yoga have been studied um, in the literature Uh, for their effects on the brain, specifically on their cognitive and memory function. Um, When it comes to the most powerful one, I think, or the most well-known one, it's Kirtan Kriya, um, also known as the Satanama Mantra Meditation, where each time you chant a syllable, Sa-ta-na-ma, you touch the fingers in sequence to your thumb. This meditation has been scientifically recognized as a powerful tool for preventing and stopping Alzheimer's disease, increasing all aspects of perception, thinking, reasoning, and remembering, and of course, reducing stress levels while improving short-term memory. The next practice, again, has to do with the breath, right? So the breath really is that connection between the mind and the body, allowing us to hack our nervous system in in a very systematic and powerful way. Specifically, two breaths or two breathing exercises work on the hypothalamus and the pituitary connection, and that's the whistle breath. So you might try to just pucker the lips in almost like you were going to drink through a straw or you were going to whistle. Pucker the lips and breathe through the mouth with a whistle. Both the exhale and the inhale will make a whistle sound. And of course, doing this whistle breath meditation, we'd want to close our eyes and once again gaze into that third eye space, the space between our eyebrows. 
And we can continue that. You might try that for one to three minutes. And just notice the, the centering and the calming effect that it can have right away on the body and on your mind. And of course, there's alternate nostril breathing, which I know I've talked about in previous podcasts. Alternate nostril breathing, where we're breathing systematically, switching back and forth from the left and the right nostril, is a great way to connect to our third eye, because we're balancing the brain, and once again, bringing balance and calm to the nervous system. When it comes to postures in yoga, specifically kundalini yoga, In kundalini yoga, we do a lot of exercise that increase flow, increase blood flow to the head. There's some bowing and resting the forehead on the floor. All of these are very powerful ways to stimulate and activate the third eye chakra, the working with the pituitary gland. The first one you might come to mind is child's pose, very, very fundamental posture where we sit um, on our heels and we connect our forehead to the earth or to a stacked surface or with our hands, bringing our forehead to the earth, bringing our head below our heart, creating a light pressure and stimulating once again that third eye chakra. And then finally, another means to work with the third eye chakra in a posture would be to sit on your heels again, interlace your hands behind your back, and bring the arms and straighten the arms and fold forward, bringing once again the forehead to the ground and as best you can, lifting the hands high away from the back. This is called yoga mudra. And of course, as we rest the forehead gently on the ground, we close the eyes, we bring our gentle eye gaze into that third eye space, um, gently rolling those eyes up and upward. And we breathe long and slow and deep. Again, very calming and balancing for the third eye chakra. So working with our mental energy, which is essentially what we're doing in these meditative practices, opens up our sixth chakra, our third eye, very transformational work. Activating our third eye, it's basically we're stimulating our brain to adapt to change, to to find the inner clarity that we really need to navigate life more intelligently, to feel greater contentment, and ultimately to make us truly more confident in our ability to do so. It helps our body reconnect with who we really are, the infinite subtle nature, the more substantive part of ourselves. And as we develop our sixth chakra, our third eye, we develop our ability to trust our intuition. And I know I've talked about that on other podcasts and how vital that really is, how vital a life skill that is when it comes to taking care of ourselves. The consciousness of our third eye, the awareness for our third eye chakra, however you choose to work with it, with all these yogic tools, certainly any so many energy healing practices that we've talked about on this show, work with all the chakra system, understanding, of course, the chakra is one dynamic in, you know, integrated system, not really, uh, you know, not one chakra functions independently of the other is quite the opposite. But, you know, bringing awareness to our third eye is an empowering path. Um, it, it teaches us or supports us to work with the body, with the brain, as the beautiful instrument that it really is for living ultimately a more conscious, authentic life. 
a beautiful quote that really captures the essence of working with our third eye, working with our sixth chakra, is by Eric Michael Leventhal, and he says, The closer you come to knowing that you alone create the world of your experience, the more vital it becomes for you to discover just who is doing the creating. So I hope this has been helpful, my friends. And if you like the show, please feel free to leave a rating and review. It really helps me you know, have the podcast reach more people and grow in the world. And by the way, I am teaching Kundalini yoga and meditation classes weekly now on Saturday mornings. That's 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's live, virtual on Zoom. You can find the link on my website, www.energeticnourishment.com. I'll also include the link to the register for the classes in the show notes for the podcast. And you can also visit me on Instagram at Energetic Nourishment. So once again... Thank you so much for listening.